When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. guys welcome back to the podcast returning guest coach arnett o-line coach run game coordinator at pampa high school in texas welcome back coach thank you so much hey i appreciate you having me back on uh, i really enjoyed uh, last time i don't know how much I, I had to offer i didn't really talk about anything football or anything specific but i really enjoyed it so thank you yeah, how's the move? You guys all settled this time? Because last time we're, we were moving. getting there, we're we're about all settled in. Everything. Uh, really enjoy it there in Pampa. Have a great administration, great head coach. Uh, Cody Robinson is a great guy to work for. Uh, Principal Hugh Pyatt. You know, everybody's been real great. Uh, living in Houston, it's such a big area, and then coming to a a smaller town, and 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 Pampa still has about eighteen thousand people, so it's not like small or anything like that but you get so much more of a community sense and that's been awesome for uh, my wife, daughter, and me. Yeah, I did the opposite. I grew up in a town of 1600, high school of 300. Went to Eastern Illinois University. That town has probably 18,000. All right. And then moved up to the suburbs of Chicago where where I live now is 45,000. I was about to say, you know, a couple of million there in Chicago. So. Well, the suburb is like 45,000 or something. The one you. next over, the one next over has 220,000 people. Oh, wow. Like one wow. high school I worked at had 4,000 kids. Like that's. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, I, that's a whole nother animal. I, I worked at uh, Deer Park High School that had 4,000 kids. And, you know, uh, you don't even know all the teachers. There's so many staff on, on a school of that size. You don't get to know everybody. So. Yeah, I, I coach football at school with 1,800. So that's not too bad. Those yeah, teachers know everybody. Yeah. But yeah, one high school was four thousand. Wow! I would get. I worked at a different school. I would get there when school was getting out. Yeah. Oh, so okay. That crowd of kids and buses coming out. I would get to practice five minutes, ten minutes late. I'm like, there's traffic with these four thousand people coming out. You can do about it. Yeah. No, it was crazy. But no, uh, yeah, I had the opposite experience. But nothing like a, a small town community feel. There's nothing better right. than, than that. You're exactly right. Closing it down on a Friday night to go for, for football, there's nothing. Right, right. 
but no, again, I appreciate you coming on here. I didn't scare you off. People are coming back. I'm like, I didn't scare them away or, or make them more stupid or anything for them to come back. No, no, it's been great. I really enjoyed the first time. So, um, so you're getting settled in. Um, I wanted to ask you like for you're the wrong game coordinators so when you're coming in, cause we didn't get to do this last time. Last time we just got to know each other, got to see where you're doing now when you come in and what kind of base offense are you looking to put in for your run game? Like we're coming in, this is the first thing we want to do or to see if we can do with our kids. Where do you start? You know, one of the things that I've done as I came in, uh, the offense coordinator is a guy, a young man or a man named Caden Coots who came from Abilene Cooper, uh, does a great job. Uh, you know, as run game coordinator, I think my first job is to visit with him. And what I've tried to do is visit with him and, and make sure that I am implementing a run game and then the protections for the offense that he wants to run. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was already here. Uh, he came in a couple of months before I did. And so he had a better idea uh, of what type of kids we had and everything. I think that's a big part of it. I think uh, as an O-line guy, as an offense, or as any coach, it's important to get past your own arrogance of, of what you think is right. You know, and I've coached long enough now, this will be my 17th year, that I know that I don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. your, your first couple of years coaching, you got it all figured out. You know, you know everything. And then you start to figure out, well, I, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty well-versed. I'm, I'm based. I'm more of a zone guy uh, just by experience and by what I, I picked up first. But gap schemes uh, in Texas go hand in hand, so I've never kind of not been with them. So I think it's important, like, as a run game coordinator to come in and visit one-on-one -on -one with the offensive coordinator and determine what does he want to do. Because in the end, my job as an O-line coach, as a run game coordinator, is to make sure that in the run game we can displace the first level at such a great rate, at such a great efficiency that it disrupts the second level's flow. You know, those are the things that we can do. We got to make sure that we block C gap to C gap. You know, and, and one of those gaps can be a read or something like that because obviously that's six. I got five linemen, 10 personnel type stuff. It's hard to block like that. But uh, in running game overall, I think the first thing that I'm trying to do is make him understand that, hey, I'm here for him. I'm here as an extension. You know, I'm a firm believer that uh, football is conflict. It's not war, but it is conflict. So you take some pages from military and make sure that you're hierarchical. You know, looking at all of that, first and foremost, we all better be on the same page as the head coach. Head coach's voice is the only voice. And what his vision and what he communicates is the way to win is the way to win. And so we need to find out how we can take ownership in that voice. You know, nobody wants to be told what to do. And nobody wants to just sit there and do something they don't believe in. So it's important to look at finding where your philosophy is and where your ideology is and where it fits up the chain of command. So how do I fit with what the OC wants? And he's looking in turn with how he fits with what the head coaches want. Right. I, I did the same thing. Run game coordinator. I came in last year in the spring. What do you want? What is your, what do you want? He told me. Then the, about two days later, do you think he didn't want inside zone? So I'd come in like a day or two later. I was like, what about inside zone? So I'm not telling him what to do, but I'm playing oh, yeah. the seed. You know, I'm like, what about this? And right, right now I'm trying to do wide zone. I'm really every day. Like I joke with him every day. You walk out there, man, I might put in wide zone today. And I walk off and he goes, Steve. <laughs> Dude, wide, wide, wide zone is definitely where it's at. I, I started as an inside zone guy and, and, the more and more I get to it, uh, wide zone where it's at. Uh, the main reason, uh, you know, one of the things Dick Caduti told me was it's easier to wash than reach, you know, and it's a lot easier to displace bodies, uh, not necessarily horizontally, but kind of that 45 horizontally and vertically. You know, inside zone's great if you've got a bunch of road graders up there where you can match because, again, as an offense, is in run game, we've got to displace the first level. Right. Inside zone has to vertically displace, and that is tough to do. That's tough to do a lot of times. So, yeah, uh, 
Nick was going to come on here, and we just couldn't link up. He's trying to come on here and educate me. as a head coach now. He, he got the head yeah. job there at Fulcher, and he does a great job. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him since uh, he came down from Missouri uh, back way back when, probably about 2011-12 when he was at, uh, got hired on at Westbrook out there. And um, great old line guy, great uh, head coach, great family man. Uh, not a bad thing I can ever say about that guy. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he was going to come on and then something happened. So he's trying to because I said, you have to educate me on this if I really want to put it in. Like, <laughs> Oh, he's the wide zone guy. That's it. He's the guy. Yeah. Um, so, like, for inside zone, are you guys more – or for you personally, are you more of a stay on your track and move up or are you looking to combo block more? Because I'm more of a combo block. I'd rather control the line of scrimmage and just read the I'm always going to want a combo. You know, I want to – when I'm looking and evaluating, if I'm running wide zone, if I'm running any gap scheme, if I'm running anything, if I can get two bodies on one at the line of scrimmage, I've got a better – uh, chance right there, you know, so you're you're always looking at that matchup and again, I'm a firm believer in the way I teach things offensive line wise is by gaps first so if I got my running inside zone, any zone type schemes I'm responsible essentially for that play side gap first, tag, play side tag, let's see, play side uh, guard has beat, now I never want to just you know, I would never want to leave my friend alone, I never want to leave my friend in a bind so as a tackle if I've got a shade that is like, uh, and then right now we're just talking inside zone or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if I've got a four eye, if I've got a B gap shade right there, and I don't have a necessarily an immediate C gap threat, like if you're running like a three, four tight front or something like that, why would I want to just vacate it out of there? You know, so when I'm telling those guys, hey, yeah, we're C gap responsible, our eyes are C gap, I got to be responsible of that, but I cannot just leave that B gap, especially if I'm covered up by that. Right, yeah, I I still go back to the uncovered uncovered rules. But what I do is I tell them to I tell them to peek. I say peek. So if it's inside zone right, are you covered or uncovered? Like head up. Well, if you're uncovered, look play side. Is there somebody there? If there's not, you need to peek back. Like you said, I always say peek back to see if you can help. Right. If you've got none for some reason, now we can like move up to the next threat. Yeah, you're uncovered. You know, a, a lot of mine on the the combos on inside zone. Covered and uncovered. I tell that uncovered guy, and I'm a landmark guy. I, I really got away from more. You know, I, you, you got to take steps. Uh, I believe in steps, but I focus more on landmarks, as in where I need to place my hands, my hips on first level, and tempo. Otherwise, where that second level linebacker is. You know, how long can I stay on a combo block? You know, if I if I'm a covered guy. And I have a negative tempo linebacker. I have a linebacker that has negative leverage. He's behind the play. Then I know that I can can stay on that play a long time. Uh-huh. Whereas if I have a positive leverage linebacker, I'm going to have to get out of there in a hurry. So I need to be aware of that. You know what I'm saying? So when I tell that uncovered guy, his job is to suck up the air between him and the covered guy. He's going to suck up the air between him and the covered guy. Now we're hip to hip and we can get that vertical displacement on that first level, you know. And a lot of that, again, depends on do I have a head up to a negative leverage linebacker. Uh, but when we're teaching younger kids and stuff like that, sucking up that air, hip to hip, and, and getting vertical. Right. I I had to go back to the old gallop steps to, like, close down the gap because they right. I'm new and I'm coming in and they kind of just did whatever with their feet. And that's fine. I think we're moving more towards however you get there. But at the same time, what they'll do is they'll turn their hips and that defensive end is taught to – um, you know, they're not too gapped anymore. They're attacking a person, right. sinking their butt down and sinking through. So how do I close that? Well, I either gallop. I don't want them to go sideways because we're going to lose leverage. I want them to go up the field. So I tell them to gallop. I tell them to kick up. However, like you said, as long as I stay square, but I like that idea of sucking the air. Like, that's a good one. Yeah, suck up the air between me and that covered guy right there. I want to remove that gap. If I can remove, you know, pre-snap, if there's a gap between me and another guy and I can remove it, now I can control that gap better because now I can sit there and say that both of us have really that one gap and it's easier to, you know, that's kind of an over generalization that I said right there. But, you know, I'm removing that gap as in uh, literally, uh, and now I can dictate where it kind of goes after post snap. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And then another reason why I like to combo on zone is because we were, ISO was our best run play. 
right. and I'm stealing reps when I do ISO. Now ISO is more gap, but it was I described the blocking the same. Right. So we were stealing reps that way. So when I proposed it, I said, we're not going to do, they didn't want it because when they did traditional inside zone, it was either, you know, the guys step laterally, they're not coming up. They were passing off thinking another buddy, like the guy was coming to help and right. blowing the play up. So when I came in as the dumb run game coordinator as I am, I said, hey, what if we just combo? But Steve, we want to do ISO. And I said, look, it looks similar. We're just not going to block the end. Or right. we, now when we get to an odd man front, now it looks like your tracks, unless you triple team. Well, yeah. You know, a lot of people, that's where you go into the zone insert type stuff. That's ISO, really. Right. Uh, I don't know, wham or, or zone insert. I don't know what they call it up there. But now the fullback is either crossing up for the backside inside linebacker mm -hmm. and locking the backside. Um, that's one of the ways that I've always blocked like ISO anyways is saying that play side, and, and I, I usually uh, compartmentalize into one of three categories. I have my gap schemes, my zone schemes, and my man schemes, where ISO is kind of a more of a man scheme because to that play side, I'm a block man. My play side guard is going to have number one down lineman. My play side tackle is going to have number two down lineman. My center is going to, in, in any of those, you know, centers like are, and this is going to sound silly, you know, it's like Blade. He's a day walker, right? You know, like he goes in between both. So a lot of times his role, I say zero to backside eight. And so that sets kind of the slide, the same way you would do like a man slide, but the type protection is really how I like to block ISO, where that center and that backside are going to zone away. I never understood why I want to bring more hats to the party. You know, it's like the old way you block it is doing like backside cutoff type stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm a linebacker and I'm reading full flow to the right, I'm going to scrape to the right. I mean, or to the left for the, for the defense, you know. Whereas if I zone away, he's got to at least step up in the gap before he comes over. And like that uh, backside linebacker on it, ISO or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So that's what I like to do is, is so like if you were in a three, four and you had a five and a shade, you would still get a combo there at point to the backside linebacker. And then you're, uh, you know, like you're in 54, you would have that backside combo to the outside uh, dog or bandit or whatever. And uh, I could draw on the white screen, but God, it'd be ugly. Like I can't draw on these computers. Isn't it awful? I look, I, I look like Susie's first aid reader when I try to draw stuff up, but Hopefully it makes sense, but I'll give it a shot if anybody out there, you know, it helps them. I know I'm a visual person, so, uh, but that's, what, that's one of my favorite ways to block ISO. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then, you know, doing it as zone insert off of uh, just regular zone where it's on the backside of it and you man the backside of it, I think that's a great wrinkle, especially if you go against defenses that are really – they're trying to get over the top real fast. It gives that kind of – you know, it's going to be almost a bend almost automatically a lot of times, especially if you got like a four down with a shade on – or a backside shade on the center. So Yeah. Yeah. I So I do similar, but I, I – since we're still installing, we're still new building everything, I kept the terminology the same with inside zone and ISO, but we do the same sure. thing where ISO right. We're ISOing the first backer to the right of the center. We have some insert. We don't worry about him. So we're trying right. to push half the line. Like you said, we're trying to get the center guard to double away. Part of the Red Seas right there. Right. And then then off of that, which I don't know if this may – to some people, they're going to be like, Steve, you're not a true purist of ISO – then we start doing like dart, pulling the tackle, reading that end instead. We dart were, is just one back ISO. You're dang right it is. So we decided to do that because we, we did power read. We were doing ISO. And then we said, how can we add a wrinkle where we can spread them out and still get an ISO look and block right. everybody? And we just pulled the tackle. But we didn't tell the kids it was dart. We said, this is off of our ISO play because it's see, dart, but it's that's ISO. That's the man scheme. Dart goes in that man scheme category. Right. So, like, that's why I think it's important when you're teaching kids, group it. So, instead of learning seven plays, they're learning one of three real plays. Remember, this is just a man scheme, you know. Hey, it's just like ISO, 
but we had a wrinkle right here. Remember, it's man scheme. Play side, you're still man. Now tackles the tag or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's something to look at. Yeah, that's, just, uh, that's a good idea. I just – we've only gotten to like three run plays this summer because yeah. in the spring I sacrificed a lot of technique for scheme because we only had like a week and a half or two before the first game. Right. And six – Or oh, y'all actually get to play people up there. Texas, we just had to, you know, play against each other for a month. <laughs> no, I – so now I've overcompensated this summer – and I've just techniqued and drilled like nobody's business and put it together. I did I, – I talked to a coach earlier on a pod. I did – this year my second one today, so earlier I told him. That's it, doubleheader. I got three tomorrow, I think, two or three. I'm, I'm trying to pop them out. Trick in hockey, I think. Do what? That's a hat trick in hockey, right? Like three? Yeah, you have three know. goals. It's a, no ice down here. I just – you know, a turkey and bowling maybe? I don't know. Just something like that. Sports euphemisms. Who knows? No, you're right. It's a hat trick. Um, I literally put cones out for the guys. So, like, right. they were, I come in, and they had never skip pulled before, and they kind of did the bucket and whatever. Definitely. So I was trying to get them to skip pull in the spring. We were struggling, but I wanted scheme. So now I'm like, we are learning this. I literally had to put the cones out where your left foot is, where your right foot is, put a cone behind. I said, if you knock this cone over, you're taking too far of a step back, and this and that. And then I had to put the bags Use out. The Use the goalpost? Yeah, especially like we do a lot of GT counter down here in Texas. Uh-huh. Oh, you said the center. The center sets up right where he's splitting the goalpost, right? Right in front of it. Right. Guard has to go in front of the goalpost. Tackle has to go behind the goalpost. And then I make PVC uh, shoots. Have you ever seen the PVC little 90-degree shoots? Yeah. You, you can make about six of them for the price of one if you go to one of the companies. Um. I'll shoot you that schematic whenever, you know, that's one of the deals. Why, why buy something if you can make it, you know, right. and PVC is one of those versatile deals. Uh, but you set that up. I like the PVC shoots because you can set it at linebacker depth and you can turn it and angle it at, uh, you know, where your end is, but now your guard has to pull and he's got to be in front of that, that goalpost, which is not forgiving at all, you know? Right. And, and so they really understand that I, the, the guards got to straight paint off that play side of uh, combos. The tackle's got to get deeper than it, you know. We'll just again, th- those are things that have worked for me. I like the the cone deal, uh, like you're saying. And then I don't know uh, how much y'all kick, like on power or or or, or GT if y'all run GT. But telling uh, one of the great cues is like if that guard, if you're kicking an end man, like on trap or 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 he's uh, kicking uh, on counter right there, pull right, hit right. So if I'm on the left guard, I'm going to pull right. I want to make sure I want to hit his right side of the body with my right side of the body so I get that kick out of it and he doesn't fall inside. Because, you know, the, the one of the worst things that happens, he loses any ground, and now that guy's wrong, able to wrong shoulder and spill everything out, you know, and that's, that's what all those defenses are trying to do. Right, yeah. I did the cones because I wanted to get it. That, and then we had the freshmen there. We had the freshman coaches. So my hope is they see this. They, I tell them they're going to do it, so hopefully like next year. I won't right. have to do that again. I don't have to break it down that much. Or like the coach I talked to today, it was um, Coach Rudolph at Ohio University this morning. Okay. He he gets his shoot out, and they start underneath, and they skip pull and go around the shoot, and they have this yeah. leverage they have to hit off the shoot. And he told me that, and he goes, if you got the shoot, use that too. And I was like, oh. But I like the goalpost too. I may have to do both. Like one day do that, one day you do know, It's whatever you got. You know, that's one of those things is, uh, we talked about earlier, you got schools of 4,000 in your budget. You can get a lot of different things like shoots and different things like that. Like the, I know what kind of shoot you're talking about, the more solid one. Uh, or, you know, you're in a 1A, 2A school or a school of, of 500 and you don't have budget. Well, you, you got to have a goalpost. You got to have a field, you know. And, and I'm all big on using whatever I can and, and whatever you got. And, you know, that's advice out there to any coach out there. Don't be afraid to try drills. You know what I'm saying? And some of them may suck, and that's okay. Like, I've had several drills that I go back, and I'm just like. The Coach Steve Show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter, and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickoffteed.com. 
if you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Tee. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, okay? The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS, to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off. Or there's an option to buy four. If you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees, if you like it so much, when you use the code CSS, you'll get the fourth one free. So instead of paying full price for all four, you'll get three. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. Use the code CSS. Get 10% off. Buy four to get the fourth one free. This is a game changer, guys. It does more than just hold your balls. Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. Oh, why did I think that was going to work? Because it didn't <laughs> at all. And then there's other ones I'm like, dang, that worked way better than I thought. So, you know, you know, make sure your drill work uh, applies to the game and, and give it a go, you know. Who knows? Yeah, that's why that – the only cone thing I've ever seen for skip pull was an aiming point. So like what you're talking about with the PVC pipe, they just had cones. Now I like the pipe right. better because it keeps them low. It keeps at an angle. We just had cones. And then one day, just how bad the footwork was, I had just come up with those cones on my own. And I looked at the head coach. I looked at the OC. I said, this is going to look stupid. You guys are going to walk by like Steve, you idiot. And I said, I'm going to try it because I was trying to think of anything, how, anything that's going to keep them from staying at that depth, that, that, square level right. I want them to stay at. So, like, I think it was Sam Houston State. They just literally put a bag out, and when they skipped Yeah, I was going to say, them step-overs, like, especially those the hex bags and stuff, yeah. Yeah. are great. Man, they're really great. They're rhombus. Like, it's not a hex. But, yeah. Um, those are I'd, really good. I'd lay those out with the cone. So, I said, your feet are here. Here's the bag. If you also hit this cone, that means you're rounding too much. We're not staying square because power is going to hit A gap or B gap. We have no idea. You know, right. back, back in the day, it was 44 power, or 42 or 32, whatever. Right. Now, if, if you're in shotgun, we don't know. We don't know how they're going to line up. We don't know where they're going to slant. We have no idea. So we stay square. We can run power quicker instead of going all the way out to the sea. Right. And you don't get caught up in all that trash, you know. A lot of times, if, if, if that tackle just opens up and he's not skip pulling, getting off that line, if there's any penetration at all on the play side, he gets, he gets wadded up. And then also skip pulls are good, like I talked about earlier. If you face a team and you're running GT and, and that guard gets cut or wrong shoulder right there, and, and you're 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 like a train and you're you're as caboose, it just it'll collapse. That's why they started doing that. Whereas if you are depth and you have depth and you get out around it, you're able to uh, to get out there and still at least pick up one of those guys that's trying to spill over the top, you know. Hopefully a receiver did his job and you know, took care of the sand for you. But that might yeah. three fours, you're gonna end up with two out there if it spills. Right. So. Well I tell you why I wanted to skip pull was because sometimes we'll run we call it power switch, where it's just right. he skip pulls, yeah. he kicks out the H back, wraps underneath. That right. was the easiest way. Yeah. So that's why we skip pulled because now you're staying square and you can actually see what that end is because the reason why we're doing this is because the end is probably squeezing so we want you to get underneath and kick out. Right. Um so when you do GT this is just a thought some thoughts are going to come to me as you say something. Yeah, when, you do, yeah. when you do GT, are you telling both guard and tackle to skip pull or is one like opening up? No, I have, I call it either a trap pull or a skip pull. So my guard is trap pulling, okay. which is old school, throw the elbow, open up, same side hip, because right. he's got to be, and I tell him scraping paint off that play side right there. He's got to be the hypotenuse of a triangle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if, if his depth is, is one leg and the um, the link between him and that, that end man line of scrimmage is the other leg of a triangle, he's got to be that hypotenuse. The more that he can pull into the line of scrimmage, the better you're going to be and the more odds you're actually going to get a kick and get inside of there. And that's going to help you out so much on any of those. That's even, even power. When you have your H or your fullback or whatever, 
you know, making sure he steps inside foot first and making sure his alignment is tight enough that he can get into that line of scrimmage right there because they want to spill. You know, most – I've never heard a defensive coordinator say, hey, we don't want to spill it out there. You know, they're trying to bring it to where their athletes are, you know. Right. Especially – uh, and my mind's right now geared towards a, a three four a lot because we face a ton of three four. You know, a three four is an axe that, and it all predicates off that nose. That nose is trying to spill out. And again, now that's why a lot of people are getting more to like the the Iowa State type stuff where it's like a tight front where I've got two four eyes. I mean, hell, that's a wedge. I'm trying to spill everything. Mm-hmm. to where I have my Sam and my dog and my Mike and my Will can play over the top where my safeties can come down where I can let my athletes make plays right there. You know, D lineman's job is to take up those gaps and remove and make sure that the linemen don't. Because you look at anything, and like you said, power, counter, whatever it is, the best ones I've ever seen on film hit smooth down a gap. Because mm-hmm. there's no reinforcements there. You know, even if he's a one high safety there, you're able to sit there and now he's got to roll to one side or the other unless you're just two by two and stuff like that. And and he's a good player, but you're still ending up one-on-one, you know, and that's the whole goal. Ideally, you know, and, and like Alex Gibbs said, and I bring him up because, you know, he just passed and everything. Hell, I want to see what them corners tackle like, you know, right. like we're going to try to block everybody but them. But sometimes even I'll take a secondary guy over a first or a second level guy on a tackle any day. So if I do my job as an O lineman, and as a run game coordinator, I'm trying to make sure that, number one, I don't spill plays out there, that when I teach technique, I'm allowing it to displace that first level. You hear me say that a lot. I'm big on that. I think the whole thing is reestablishing that line of scrimmage and displacing that first level, but doing it at such a violent rate that I've disrupted that second level's flow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's where you really get things rocking and rolling is where now linebackers – have to bubble over a combo or something like that or a cut off and scraping over the top because that's what they're trying to do is replace gaps and things like that. Right, yeah. We only saw – we played six games. We only saw two uh, even man fronts. The rest were 3-3. Three, three. We're seeing a ton of 3-3 three, three or 3-5s. Three really? A ton. The 3-5s that – you know, once Iowa State had uh, success off that, what was that, five years ago now or so, Yeah. Uh, people started really going to that 3-5. And, I, I mean – it, it, it kills a lot of RPO stuff. That's why a lot of people go to it because it really, really hurts RPO stuff. Yeah, so I had to really like – the first game of the year was 3-3. We had the ball for 11 minutes, and we were just running ISO and power, ISO and power. When they got – when we got the ball back again, what did I see as an old line? They had a zero tech and four eyes or three techs. They got tired of it. You so, get down to that true bear, they're going to try to kill it. But I'll tell you right now, a true bear, if they've got a, a head-up nose and they've got threes and they've got fives, you can run power till the cows come home because their second-level support is not there if you get a block. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sitter's got to go on the backside three. Uh, playside guard's got to take that nose and that playside tackle's got to take that playside three good. And you got to make sure that they're not getting penetration. But if you get a kick, I mean – and let and they got those even if they have both linebackers screwed down because you you removed all those gaps. There's only one gap that they can fill. So the play side one, if you give him block, he cuts off that backside guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then there was one time where they had a four eye but no linebacker, and we were running ISO. So I had to tell the guys, let's just fold it. Guard kick out, tackle wrap underneath. Because if they're reading that guard, they're right. going to fly this way. We get another backer with our insert. Right. At the time, that was the only way I could come up with to get the four eye if that backer wasn't there. If the oh, man, four eyes are tough, man. And I hate, and that's what. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You know, one time I read uh, Tom Landry's uh, biography, and then me and my dad were talking about it the other day, actually. Um, and, and he, you know, those older guys, they think all those old coaches knew what they were doing. But Tom, he really was ahead, ahead of his time. You know, he was one of the first guys to use computers and stuff. That's another story. Uh, he said that what he, the way he 
wanted his OCs to do and, and what he thought offenses should do is what hurt him most defensively. And and to me, I'm, I flipped it in my mind because I'm more of an offensive guy. When I look at defenses, I hate to see two four eyes or I hate to – I really hate head-ups. And if you're in a four-down head-up twos or head-up over the guards, knees, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them, you know, uh, because now you've taken out uh, my – uh, 100% understanding of who's got what yet. Right. And if you've removed mine as a coach, I know you've removed their confidence as a player, you know. And now you got to really make sure that you've taught tracks and you've taught to trust their technique on things. Uh, otherwise, you get chasing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because that's the whole deal. If they're, if they're wanting to go head up, if they're wanting to go head up on things, you have no idea which gap they're going to. And I think that's the only merit of it. The same with a 3-3 stack. A 3-3 stack is only uh, effective when they're making you guess who their fourth rusher is because that's really what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? If you're a 3-3 stack, if you're willing to put six in the box but only three on one line, you're still trying to bring a fourth rusher. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be cute, but you're not tricking me. I know what you're going to do. One of those guys has got to call, okay? So, yeah, we – I started to see in 2018, we saw probably half of the teams we had played at the school I was at was even, then we saw a lot of 3-3. And we were like, why is everyone doing this? And then we were just like, you know what, we're going to trap. We're going to triple team the nose guard if we can kick out. If they come inside, we're going to do jet because now you've got guys on the inside. If we can get that one block. Right. Even if we get five, four yards on the run, they're going to have to start thinking about it. They're going to have to widen back out. Four yards all I ever want. Right. Three point three four is all I ever want. Actually, three point three 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 four is all I want. I, I want it just right over there. I could care less about all the extra ones. You know, as long as I keep them chains moving, I'm happy. Right. That's how I am. But like, of course, I'll find something wrong with it. We get three yards. I'll oh, yeah, still find yeah, something. Yeah. There's wrong. always something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Oh, and the kids are like, "But coach, we got six yards." I'm like, "But your footwork wasn't right. But your eyes weren't right, right. or something." You know, I'm exactly. I'm I'm the asshole out of it, I guess. But oh, uh, that's where we got to be, though. Um, but yeah, we see a ton of that and, and I don't want to waste your time with this, but we were in the playoffs one time. We saw a three, three, but they brought a guy that we call him a mouse. He literally sat underneath the center. He like sat down uh, at the center. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And behind the nose, you mean? Yeah. He's like, exactly right behind the nose. Yeah. Right behind the nose. And he'd sit there and that's and kind of, they're playing games now. That's really, you got to block that like a four down. They're playing games on who's got that gap. They're, they're gapping changing there. Right, or they may be even reading it. Some of those guys, if they're real good at it, will try to read it. There's some guys down here that run a variation of that 3-5 that'll take that nose guard. They won't stack that guy, but they'll take that nose guard. And if you pull, that guy's gone outside. They'll read those pullers and stuff like that. And if they're good at it, it's tough, you know? Yeah, that's why we just had to go to a, like a triple team. So we called inside zone. We said, you guys, you three got those two to this guy. And our tackle, you can't let that guy, other guy yeah. talk to the face. Call those trio calls, yeah. I call that like a trio, like it's still a, a three-man combo. Yeah. Like, it, are you? T- I, you know, I'm not big on wedge type three-man type stuff, but but those three-man combos you got to do sometimes, especially if uh, like a four-three, uh, two to three right there. It's really hard to get to that play side linebacker out there, you know. And you really, you you would want to check away from the three on that if you're running zone stuff. Because you're, you're telling your center that he's got to get all the way to a C-gap defender. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've found that you're a lot better off making a trio or a quattro call, like even a four-man, like, let's play it out. And then I'll even have what I call just a game call, which is all five. Now, now it's true zone. We don't have a man. We're just going to step and take. And, and those are great to do versus bears uh, or anything. If you're getting a lot of funk, and now uh, you got to find a way to recenter, or your guys are chasing. Just hey, we're going to gang it as a as a sideline adjustment, and all five of us now are going to step and take first off color. You know, right? Yeah. That now they did not show that on film until us, and so when we saw right. that, that's how we came up with like that, like you said, that triple block or that trio block. And every time we did it, some people called it a dive. I've told people this. It's like, oh, it's a dive. I'm like, well, kind of. But when we were getting three yards or four yards, then then when they started to freak out, we would throw right behind them or something. They That's got out it. of it within about – after the first quarter, never saw it again. 
That's it. Because once in a while they guessed right, but then if the then we stole the quarterback, hey, what if we don't block him? You could pull the ball. What if we block the end and you you read him instead? Right. And we had an all-state quarterbacks. So we were able to do that, so he looked. <laughs> there you go. All-state so Larry Joe's not X's nose every time, right? Right. Well, all-state quarterback and all-state receiver. So they looked at the receiver. Our quarterback could run, so that's why they were doing this. They're like, if we can double-team him, it's just this guy. And we're like, okay, right. you want to play that game? We'll play that game. So we'd read, have everybody block, and he'd just go. And about the first quarter, they were done with it. We never saw it again. Then we started really gutting him. Then we could trap, and then we could do this, and we just – Right. I had never seen that before where he sat behind the nose. Never, ever – Hey, flavor of the week, you never have to worry about a flavor of the week on defenses. You know, defense has to know where to line up. And if that was the first time in the playoffs they did it, you you did right because now they're not confident of it. They just think it might work. You know, I'm sure that uh, linebacker was a, probably one of their top tacklers or something or a good gap shooter, something like that. So they felt, oh, we can put him in position. But, you know, you can't – you got to remember that's still just a kid. You know, that ain't yeah. Erlacher or something like that over there. You can't do two wild things later in the year, you know. Yeah. You really get good at it. Yeah. And inside zone was our play. So, we, we only had, like, inside zone trap at that time and power at that time. This was 2018. He did not want wide zone. He wanted nothing to do with it. Right. So, then we said, how are we going to get to the outside then? Like, yes. we got to figure out. So, we would start – um so if we called – he called it eight, we would arc release the tackle, and everybody else yep. was running inside zone the opposite. Ohio State does it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started to do that, and that when just opened it. Read? Are you talking about when you quarterback read? Yeah, so you could read with just – got a four-eye, it's great stuff, yes. Yeah, so if they started doing that, we would arc release, quarterback can just go with the running back, or you put the running back on the same side, have him go block and motion a guy, now you can do it. You know, what's really good is doing that on the backside of power also. Doing that. you got a four-eye that's really just gutting you, you know, because that backside cutoff, gap hinge, whatever. If you've got a backside four-eye and he's getting in that guard's hip pocket, let him. Arc release just like you're doing on inside zone and let that, that quarterback read that guy. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's killer. It's good stuff. Like on normal power, you have the kick out and then just that. Yeah, backside. normal power. So, you know, normal power, what do, you, what do you have your backside tackle do? He just steps and hinge. He steps into that gap and hinges back. Exactly, right? So, if you can't block him that way, now do the same thing. Just arc release that tackle, eight, whatever you called it, and let your quarterback read it. Hmm. Same thing. And you're going to get more flow out of your backside linebacker because the guard pulling. That's true. That's a good one. Yeah, we never done that. We just go straight to power read if we do anything. We just go straight. Yeah, well, you, I mean, it's just reading the backside. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a great recall that if you're already doing something like that on inside zone, it's 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 not outside anybody's wheelhouse. You know, the eyes on the quarterback. Uh, now, I don't know your mesh on, on power, but the power mesh should be pretty close. Are you doing it from pistol or offset? Offset. So, if he's offset, it's the same similar – As you guys know, the Coach Steve Show is also brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. The Unhinged Sports Network is a 24-hour, seven days a week, non-stop playing uh, radio podcast about any sport that you guys can imagine. They have a proud partnership with Fanatics. So if you go to the link in the description, uh, go to Fanatics, use that link, and go get some gear to support the Coach Steve Show and to support the Unhinged Sports Network. They have deals all the way up to 70% off. They have deals for free shipping. And they have every single sports team you can think of. Your college team is going to be on there. Your professional team is going to be on there. They have good deals on jerseys, t-shirts, hats, socks, anything you want. So please use the link in the description to go to fanatics.com. Say big on your team's gear to help support the, support the Unhinged Sports Network and to support the Coach Steve Show. Can arc for that that backside force defender. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna write. See, I knew we someone takes something from when you're telling me something. Um, I'll have to take that tomorrow. I'm gonna walk it, or not tomorrow Monday. Yeah. We have we have till Monday, so I'm gonna walk in there Monday, all big and bad. Like, look what we could do if they look do this. Look what I came up with this weekend. 
I'll give you uh, credit. I, I, that's what all coaches do. I yeah. give people credit. If I take something, I walk oh, yeah, in. Yeah. I None have. of us came up with anything, though. I got that from Herb Hand uh, when he was at UT. Uh-huh. Uh, now he's over in North Carolina. I can't remember exact what college. Uh, great guy. Uh, great offensive line coach. Great guy. Uh, someone who anytime I've ever reached out has, has always been real open to help or whatever. But he's like, why are you forcing them at or just read him? And I just felt like so stupid, like forced. Like it's a four eye. Like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I made so. like talking to Coach Rudolph this morning or this afternoon, like, I'm like, I make it too complicated sometimes. Like it's it's right. simpler. It's the drills even. Like it's just it's so easy and I make it so complicated. Right, right, right. And and I've said I've said that before when there has been a four eye. I'm like, trap him or read him. And then, but then when you when you do on the backside of power, I don't think about it. I'm like, oh the center's gotta get there or, or whatever. And that's with the four eye, you gotta trap, read, or that's what wide zone's for. And it's a great combo on wide zone. Just if you some more ammo, uh, I know you're trying to get your coach to run that or whatever, but great ammo uh, because I don't know what your landmarks are on wide zone, but I'm big on taking backside hand through a one inch through the play side sternum, play side breast, whatever you want to call it. I'm taking that backside hand. Third step, if I can't reach, I wash. Third step, if I'm uncovered, if I can't reach, I climb, you know. So normally with a four eye, you can actually get that guard over on him unless he's slant, you know what I'm saying? And then always block your overhang with an H or, or number two or whatever. So if you're running, like, let's just say wide zone right, and there's a four eye, yep. but they don't really have an overhang or he's kind of off a little bit, which would be stupid, but if he's somewhere. Like, right, are we talking to even odd? What are we talking? Let's go odd. So you got a four eye. They're going to have a guy somewhere. Whether he's you on got the like line. a 30 backer, and then you got a Sam that's probably, you know, five and two, seven and three, somewhere out there, not tight, or how tight is he? Let's say he's not very tight because I'm trying to think if 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 the tackle doesn't see where he's that close, are you telling him right. to get the four eye or he's just kind of moving on? I'm telling him he's covered, right? Still covered, uncovered. Okay. Both on wide zone, the way I teach wide zone, both my covered and uncovered guys, both of them have the same landmark. So if we're going this way right here, they're both aiming right here. With that backside hand, we're trying to get through there, right there, like that, and I want to, I want to jam it. So that tackle, he knows he doesn't got to move laterally at all. I mean, he is trying to blow that up right now, right? It sets a nice post, nice anchor for that uncovered guy. That uncovered guy is trying to get that backside hand. So if we're going to the right. Still, he's getting that left hand through. Everything I base off of. So my steps, my first step is a position step. I'm trying to get my hips in a position to block. My second step is the power step. I am trying – I can't do anything until my second step gets in the ground. That is my boom, power step. My third step is my pass step. So I call it the three Ps. So on that third step, I'm going to – that's what dictates my path. So like on wide zone, my third step, if I reach, I want to stay reached right there until I'm pushed off, obviously. If I can't, let's say that four, I slant it outside. If I can't reach by that third step, I'm going to reverse tilt of that backside hand and run him to the sideline now. If I'm uncovered, if I can't overtake by that third step, now I'm going to snap back and I'm going to get up to that mic right there like that. So that's what I go off of. And it would be the same thing for the center and the backside guard. The back is reading his – the back's path is going to be about one yard outside that tackle. You know, it's like where that ghost tied in is, right? Uh-huh. I like it personally better from pistol because uh-huh. I think it gives you a very nice vertical cut. It's a nice, easy read. It's a nice, easy cut for your back. You can do it from offset. He's just got to make sure once the mesh has happened right there that his his shoulders and his hips are still getting right down there because everything on run game is based on angle of departure. So if my linemen are going up that, nine times out of ten, and you can hear every, every, every single NFL coach talking about this, that if that line's angled right here and that back's angled here, that's why it's not working. And, and so when you're looking at something in season or out of season on your postseason deal, if his angle's not matched up, that's usually your first thing you need to look at and try to adjust it. 
But that's a long way of saying that once he's here, his eyes are reading that tackle block. He's reading the in-man line. If he's reached, now I can bounce it or whatever y'all's word is. I'm going to stay C-gap. I'm going to stay on my pad. If he's washed, my eyes, number one, get to the next down lineman. But what I'm doing now is thinking in a three, four, nine times out of ten, now he's going to bang it in that B-gap right there. But let's say for some reason that nose slanted also, and, they, and he sees that center washing also, now he bends all the way backside. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's all it is. It's a, And that's why it's better out of pistol or whatever. So he has a little bit of time, and he's got to stay on that path for five steps. That's a key point right there, is that he's on that path for five steps. Even though his read is on which step? That third one right there, just like those linemen, right? Because those two extra steps are going to capture those linebackers where he can make that vertical cut, you know? Right. Because I've seen videos on Twitter with the linemen when they're doing wide zone. I see a lot of how they kick that hand out. I think that's what yeah, you're talking we're about there. That reverse tilt they used to call it and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of that. It, I, what it is is just, you know, it's hard to reach people. You know, old school outside zone, stretch, bounce. You better have a dude at tackle, and you better have a dude at, at running back that has got the speed. Because when you're going hash number sideline for your cuts, that's a long way. And, and I went to wide zone oh, probably five, six years ago now because – Production on my outside zone was only 2.8, 2.9 yards, and and that's just, that's not acceptable. That's the type of stuff. Now people are going to start saying, "I don't know what to do," and not invite me to talk on podcasts and stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I went to to Kaduti because he's the he's the dude about it, and and really sat with him, and 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 I'm still in that learning phase of it. You know. Uh, like I saw earlier, I guess uh, one of the podcasts you posted today, what's the difference between duo and inside zone and all that? I am literally just in the infant uh, stage of duo. Uh, here's my, my take on that, by the way. Inside zone, I'm working this linebacker. Duo, I'm working that linebacker. That's the big difference. That's why I, I think you can run duo out of 10 personnel because it's gap scheme, and I think it screws with teams that are start doing that static flow type. Uh, like a lot of three fours down in the Houston area, like Katie and stuff, they do what they call static flow. So they're they're actually playing a gap back to, to mess with inside zone. I think duo against them, if anybody is watching that plays Katie, I'm telling you now, you still got to play their dudes. I think duo would be good against them because I think a lot of coaches, it's hard for them to understand the difference between an inside zone and duo unless they're no line guy. Yeah, I did that for two reasons. One, to stir the pot. I don't do it to oh, make people wait. mad. You got to. You got to. Yeah, I, didn't make, I don't want to make anybody mad. And then two, I actually got attacked by that before. I posted a picture one time, and I, I was just curious. I said, to you guys as your program, is this your duo, your inside zone? Ne- never. I, this is the first time I've said anything about it since. Because <laughs> the hate I got from it was just through Hatred. the Hatred. Hatred on people. Oh, hate street. And so – and Coach Banstra. Coach Banstra and I go back and forth about what it is. and uh, Right. And it's our inside zone because we're reading the end. Now, I know it's not really that way, but for me and for the kids, we're calling it that. Yes. And I know duo is similar, but you're going somewhere else with it. It's of gap scheme-based. Right. The main difference is it's gap scheme-based. So, which line – and in my mind, the way you can tell when you're looking on film and you're watching it, are they blocking? Is that tackle blocking the backside in? If he's blocking the backside in, because on duo, you're reading that play side linebacker. You know, that back is really trying to capture him, and, and he's reading that play side linebacker. Where on inside zone, you're usually reading the backside guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, I have very minimal understanding. That that may get you hate mail, and I'm sorry if it does. So I'm but, over uh, it now. I'm over so, it now, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, they'll get over it. That's what, and, and, and the good news is as long as there's football, there'll be people arguing about it, you know? I right. mean, what, what's the fun in something if you're going to agree with everybody about it, right? Right, and I tell them we did that because we didn't have the line to stay on their tracks on inside zone and go one-on-one with a backer sometimes. Right. So we immediately said, how do we control the line of scrimmage? Let's double team. Let's combo. Let's whatever. Combo. And still get read the end. On line of scrimmage you can, period. Why not? Yeah, so we knew it. We knew, but 
What you need to do, right? Yep. Um, I don't know if you're busy or not, Coach. If you need to get off, you let me know. Uh, you know, here shortly, that's it. Uh, but we're good, you know. Yeah. I'll, I can talk football as long as whatever. As long as it's not uh, disruptive, I'm fine. It don't bother me none. Um, but that's funny you brought that up, how I put that up there. I literally just posted it not too long ago. and it's funny. You That's it, yeah. I saw it online, and I was like, yeah, I might as well bring it up. Let them know I'm paying attention, you know. No, I appreciate it, but I'm just waiting for people to get mad about it because – Oh, yeah. And sometimes I like to post stuff about offensive line play to make people mad, you know. Like yeah. I said, you know, what's the fun in disagreeing with everybody? You know, some, you know, at least if you know someone's mad at you, you're, you're doing something right, you know. Yeah, well, when I drew it up, somebody even said, well, the path of the running back tells me it's duo, and I just drew it up on huddle, and I'm like, is that what you're looking at? I'm looking at the blocking scheme. That, to an extent, and I know what they're trying to say, but I don't know. I'm not going to go too far down this, but, man, some people just want to show and raise their hand. They're that person in class that says, look how smart I am. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I know a lot of people smarter than me that will say, ah, there ain't really that much difference. So. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's – that's my shameless plug of what, what that was. Right. Because um, I'm trying to give back to younger coaches. Like, how do I do that? And then I saw – I was like – Yeah, that's the deal. You know, who, who cares what you know? I don't care what I know. You know, I want to help people. Right. We're here – like, if, if we're coaching, it's about helping. We're in a profession that is a servant-based profession. You know what I'm saying? We know that we is, is more than me, you know? Right. That's how I've always felt. Um, I was just asking about wide zone before because – we haven't put it in yet. I'm trying, but yeah. they're a, they're not a, we're not afraid. I don't want to talk about any coach. It was just one of those things. We are at a point now where can our linemen do it because they're I'll like, say this. It's easier for them to do that play than a lot of other plays. Okay, because then they're asking me, like the head coach is like, is it outside zone or is it stretch? And I said, no, it's wide zone. It's different because I know what you're talking about. You're telling me how they cut it up. I said, it's actually – more cutting up the field they're just taking a longer point it's a vertical cut and the whole deal like i started earlier inside zone is about vertical displacement so if i'm running true inside zone even if let's say i've got every combo in the book let's say i've got a, a i'm running in a versus a four down front and i've got a seven and i've got there's some under for some reason i've got a seven i've got a two i i've got a three so, I mean, I have a tackle tied in, I have a center guard, I have a backside guard, backside tackle. You're still saying that I've got to take someone and move them literally in the opposite direction they're trying to go. That is tough unless you have big bodies up there. You know, and that's hard for me to admit because inside zone, I think, is the, the most beautiful, perfect play in the world. I love inside zone. Same here. Now, on wide zone, or that's before I get to wide zone, on outside zone, you're saying that I'm going to take these guys, even if I have a four, let's say now I have everybody a little bit backside, that I can reach them and create creases without stretching the field out too much. Because the worst thing about inside zone is those combos get stretched out because most linemen, again, aren't strong enough to set anchor with that backside hip. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like boxing out in basketball or whatever. I just set a backside hip and say, no, I'm not going to go that way. Well, with wide zone, if I reach, I reach. Great. I'm in great position. If I can't reach them, now I'm just going to take them where they want to go, and I'm going to get them faster than they want to get there. I'm going to sit there and watch. If that guy's a C-gap defender, he's coached to set anchor against me, right? Right. Well, if he's setting the anchor against me right there, he's pushing back right here. Now I'm sitting there trying to take it, not push like this. I'm changing that angle right there, right? It's all physics. Blocking is all physics. I can't sit there. If I have two forces that are equal, that are pushing against each other like this, I'm going to get a net force of zero. But as soon as I change the plane on one of them, so like offensively, depending on whatever vertical, horizontal, uh, lateral plane, whatever I'm talking about, once I change it, now I can create a force that, that benefits me. And that's the whole idea. Like, if you want to break down the concept of what wide zone is, it's a lot easier to move bodies this way than to reach them and stop them or move them that way. And right. even in the gap scheme stuff, that's why people down block. It's almost like a concept, and I'm not comparing the two, 
But why people like gap schemes is they say it's easier to down block because I'm washing. You know, you hear the term wash. I'm either washing towards the ball or away from the ball, you know? Right. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? I, I totally forgot. Um, but I like that because I kind of want to do it because I'm a, like you said, we're doing ISO and inside zone and we need something to get them moving. Or like, oh, okay, I remember what I was saying. Like, hey, defensive yes. ends are. Defensive ends are taught with the linemen, so if you get the linemen start moving, they might move with you because what they're taught to sit in their gap. But what's a high school kid going to do? They're moving this right. way. I have to read them. What are you going to do? So they're going to follow you, and you can get them moving that way. That's why I kind of like it, it too, because we see that a lot. And and because of uh, not the novelty, but the, the 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 concept is newer, especially at the high school level. You'll get linebackers that overflow a lot because as soon as they see any turn by offensive linemen, they think outside zone. And it is not. The widest it's going to hit is C-gap. And to me, outside is D. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going stretch, if I'm going jet, anything like that, I'm to me, that's a D-gap run play. And when I'm looking at things just – Coming full circle, we talk about run game coordinator stuff. I want to make sure we have an A-gap attack, a C-gap attack, and a D-gap attack. And preferably, no more than two, but I'd like two different ways. You know, if, if it's my druthers, if it's me in a perfect world, I'm going inside zone and duo A-gap. Again, because it screws with whichever linebacker they think I'm, I'm trying to block. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. E-gap, I'm going one of, like, power, counter. I, I'm in different, same play, like you were saying, switch earlier. Power encounters the same play. Who One's kicking, one's stealing. Wide zone. And then my D-gap, I'm controlling with my RPO stuff, and I'm going to run a jet. But I'm not going to block to the jet. All I do when I block to the jet is bring more hats to the party. Yep. You know, so I'm going to go get, like, 11 or 20 personnel or 11 personnel where I can get an outside guy. Because I really only got to block the outside force defender. You know, if I ain't got a guy fast enough that can outrun a defensive end, I don't need to be running. No, no. And we, I want to do that too, where they, we block the end or quarterback can read him. So, that, like, like we were talking about earlier, instead of arc releasing the tackle, what if they just all block that way? Running backs going up, you got a motion guy now. That's, it. that's still well, yeah, that's it. You know, all inside zone read evolved from the beer option. Yeah. That's it. Because and, and instead of blocking now, now I'm zoning away. You know, that's the only difference. And that's why you see teams now that do the read fish concept, which is just triple option, where they have one of those guys that's running a now or whatever on the outside on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So now he's shifting his eyes, which, again, triple option, that to me is an offense. I don't think it's a play. I think a lot of people jump into that like, oh, this is good stuff. Because that you're, you're asking a quarterback to shift his eyes from an end to a backside during the play, you know, and the position of quarterback itself is chest boxing. I don't even know. I mean, I understand offensive line because since I was 12 years old, I've played it or coached it. You get past that, I'm all theoretical. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, I've right. always been a big guy. I believe that's what it like, but I don't know. Quarterback, I can't understand because those guys make cognitive decisions while running for their life. You know what I'm saying? And they got to be right because everybody's looking at them. So they can have that. I don't want to be a quarterback. I'll be honest. Some people are like, give it to me. You know, it's like, you better be right, boss, because you're going to get judged, you know? Right. And I don't want to coach quarterbacks, though, either. That was boring. I've done that before. Yeah. I like coaching no linemen. Best people in the world. Best people, the smartest people in the world. That's it. They're the easiest, for sure. And when no, I, they make it a lot better. And when, we, when I tell my lineman to skip pull and actually run instead of just choppy step, I tell them this. We don't have to look athletic, but we can be athletic. So we That's can, right. We're fat leads. <laughs> we can be athletes, but we're fat leads for sure. Well, Coach, I took all your time. We can wrap it up. I learned a lot, just little nuggets. And I appreciate you coming back that I didn't scare you off the first time. No, no problem. Anytime, Coach. I appreciate it. Well, uh, I probably won't talk. I don't know if I'll talk to you again on Zoom before the season because we're all going to get real busy. I know. Once season gets rocking and rolling, I'll be kind of on lockdown. But, you know, uh, once January rolls around, you know, uh, I'd be glad anytime you want me on, you know. Yep. Well, good luck this season if I don't talk to you beforehand. Um, I know you're all locked down. I'll try to see how you guys do. I mean, we'll all be busy. Yeah. But, um, no, good luck to you and your season, Coach. Uh, 
I mean, you'll do a great job, you know. Uh, trust in yourself. Trust in the head coach. Trust in them kids. And, and make sure they trust you and the good things happen. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And, and, and I know you all do great because you're a great coach. So. Well, I appreciate it because we'll put in white zone Monday when I walk in and read the four eye on the backside of power when I walk in there. <laughs> Just mix it all up on that head coach. Make him have an aneurysm, you know? Right. Well, guys out there listening, thank you so much. This is the Coach Steve Show. We're signing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.